Pra ver do alto a fila de soldados Quase todos pretos Dando porrada na nuca de malandros Peitos de ladrões mulatos E outros quase Hello and welcome to Explaining Brazil A podcast by the Brazilian Report My name is Gustavo Ribeiro Editor-in-chief of the Brazilian Report In our 11th episode We will talk about racial inequality in Brazil And to discuss that I'm joined by Ivan Siqueira Head of the University of São Paulo's Research Center of Studies about Afro-Brazilians Ivan has a PhD in Linguistics and Literature Thanks for being here, Professor Hi Gustavo, it's a pleasure to be here Ivan, since the beginning of the 20th century, uh, Brazil has bought into this crazy idea that we are a land of racial democracy and miscegenation. And the numbers don't add up. Uh, blacks amount to almost 80% of the poor population, uh, just 17% of the rich. They are two-thirds of the inmate population and are more affected by unemployment than any other racial group. And yet, Brazilians tend to overlook that. In 2013, uh, anthropologist Lila Schwartz published a book about race relations, and uh, she conducted a poll which revealed a very curious data. 97% of people said they weren't racist, but 98% said they know someone who is racist. How can you have a racist country without racists? Well, this is a magic of our, of our country in Brazil. <laughs> it's always unbelievable that uh, it's possible to see this in data, but uh, this explains a lot of our history, and uh, a lot of our history especially related to black people, because when we have the, the, the abolition in 1888, uh, we, didn't, we didn't have him, we never have a plan What to do about this kind of people? So uh, we are living the consequence of that, th that time. When we look to education numbers, for example, 40 years after uh, abolition, uh, the blacks were exactly at the same time. So uh, uh, half of a century after the abolition, the black people in Brazil was exactly at the same time. So no education, uh, I mean basic education, I do not mean higher education. This is, is like a plan, so it was something constructed. Imagine before uh, construction. So the, the statistics in Brazil show that in Brazil, after abolition, we never thought in terms of how we're going to construct a country based in diversity, based in that everybody will have the opportunity to study, to, to construct our family, to have a plan to study, and to, to become yourself what you want. If you want to be an engineer, for example, if you want to be a, a medicine, if you want to be a musician, how can you do that without education? Without the basic structure, because you, if you're born in a poor family in Brazil, and poor family in Brazil is exactly how to be a black family, how can you dream about uh, your future? Because you, if you don't have enough education to, to surprise your, your desire. So uh, I, 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 I don't talk much about numbers because uh, we know a lot about the statistics, but to me the most important is the narrative, the myth. We don't have a narrative uh, in Brazil that... Uh, accomplish what we can do with all of other people that in Brazil have all along the time been back. We don't have plan for them. So it's not a surprise to me and for people who uh, study and live as a black people in Brazil to see these statistics because we haven't heard, we haven't seen, we haven't lived in this kind of uh, narrative all over the world since the abolition time. So the problem is that we need to construct another history, another myth, and because 
because of this, we need to improve education, especially basic education. But at the same time, we need to improve opportunity to work. But when you see uh, lawyer people in Brazil, the highest company in Brazil, less than 1% of them are black. So it's everywhere. It's not about one specific field. Everywhere, in every field of investigation, in every field of job, entrepreneurship, you won't see black people in them. It's uh, interesting what you're mentioning because Maria Marta, our producer, who is here, she wrote uh, an article um, that we ran on May 13th, which is, is the anniversary of the abolition, showing that black uh, people uh, amount to less than 5% of CEOs and members of the board in Brazilian companies, uh, and they are only the majority in two levels of the company hierarchy. Uh, youth apprentice, which are used to do office work and to essentially be an office boy, and uh, trainees. All the other uh, ranks in Brazilian companies are dominated by white people. It's like if you had built a plane, and we are very successful to accomplish this plane. Because after uh, 130 years, after abolition, we're talking about this kind of situation. It's completely insane. In every field, we'll see the same situation or correlate situation. Even in uh, higher education, for example, uh, before uh, affirmative action in Brazil, but even consider that we have affirmative action almost 15 years, the situation is quite the same. I was going to ask you, because for the past 15 years, it started with the University of Brasilia, but federal public universities have uh, installed racial quotas yeah. to, to reserve part of their student body to low income, to racial minorities. In your opinion, what are the results so far? Has it improved uh, how much has it improved this minority situation? Yeah, improved a little, but we, we have to, to understand that we have less than 20% of youngers in university and college, less than almost 17, 18, depends on your statistic. We did accomplish 20% of youngers. So uh, it's, uh, it's a very, very small number of uh, uh, younger to, uh, that is able to go to university. But we have in high school, for example, one million people outside who give up in the first year of a high school in 70%, uh, almost uh, 75% of them are black. So we have more than 2 million younger people outside school, no job, no education, nothing, waiting for a criminal position. Uh, we don't know, but they have no possibility to, to, to make things that we believe they should be doing because they have no opportunity. So when we talk about affirmative action, we are talking about less than 4 or 5% of black people. So in 15 years, of course, it's better than nothing, but it is not enough. Because if we are doing if we, in, this, in this kind of misery, we're going to take something like uh, 100 or 18 years in order to balance the situation. If we do the same, we took 80 years or 100 because, of course, uh, the, the white people want to stop it and wait. <laughs> so we never will balance the situation. But, of course, it was better than nothing. Before affirmative action, we had a, 
a worse situation when we compare the situation we have now. But it's not enough if we want to balance it, if you want to look for diversity, if you want to look for equality. And the other possibility to, to, to make our people dream with the university ecology and the things that the university ecology can make for them in their lives. It's interesting you mentioned that uh, people in privileged situations, they want a gradual, slow process of improvement. And uh, it, it reminds me a lot of our abolition process because it, it was a process that lasted for, give or take, 70 years. It started with uh, prohibiting slave trade, and then uh, every single law that uh, was in the sense of abolition was more about not not touching the privilege it was more about benefiting slave owners than slaves yeah. at first it was babies would be born free but then the slave owner would uh, have the right to have his services until he was uh, 18 or 21 and uh, and then the another law was when the, a slave got to the, his 60th birthday he was set free. So essentially, when he was less productive, more vulnerable to disease, uh, he w would not find job because most of these slaves were illiterate. Exactly. Then he was free. Yeah. If this process would be carried on until the very last slave would be naturally set free, we would have had slaves until the 30s in Brazil. Yeah, uh, this is, is very interesting to understand our history because exactly at the beginning of the 20th century, we start to ask what kind of nation we'd like to be. The abolition was in uh, 1888, but uh, 20, 30 years after, we start to ask what kind of nation we'd like to be. And the black people weren't part of this story, of this imagination. So uh, along the, the 20th century, we have no law to make uh, possible to, to black people and, and family uh, to accomplish the same thing, for example, that immigrants had when we compare, for example. In Sao Paulo, for example, in 1930s, uh, when Getúlio Vargas was the, 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 that revolution, they established colas for Brazilian because uh, all, almost the, 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 the place for a job in the, the born industry in Sao Paulo were for Italian people. So they, uh, he established quotas for Brazilian yeah, it was a whitewashing uh, policy, right? Yeah, because... Uh, black that immigration was forbidden, and they wanted white Europeans in Brazil. Exactly. But at that time, it was necessary to establish quota for Brazilian people, but white, white people, not black people, to have opportunity to make a career in the, the born industry in Sao Paulo. And we have a lot of other examples uh, in Brazil and other states. So we never saw in the 20th century uh, strong policies in order to make... To construct another situation for black people to, in order to accomplish equality and to make balance between opportunities and things related to that. So, uh, when we talk about quota, for example, they started in 2003. So, we're talking about our century. <laughs> so, uh, it's, it's so new when we talk about things to uh, make anything for black people in Brazil. That's why we, we have this kind of situation. When we talk about, for example, violence, the younger, the black people, especially in, uh, in the peripheral areas of our cities, in, in the major cities in Brazil, they are the perfect victim, perfect victim for violence. So when we talk about bad things, blacks are the first. When we talk about opportunity and good things, we are not the first online. 
Uh, I would like to mention to you, um, there's a new telenovela at Globo, uh, which is the leading TV channel in Brazil, and they have just premiered a new show, which is set in Salvador. Salvador is the most African city outside of Africa, and yet, out of the 44 actors who are in this telenovela, only four of them are black. What does that tell you about uh, the space that black people have in our culture, in the way we imagine Brazil? Well, one important thing is that, on average, in terms of uh, uh, absolute numbers, Sao Paulo has more black than uh, Salvador, than Bahia. They have more percentile, uh, more than 70%. But in Sao Paulo, in absolute numbers, we are a large community than Salvador. I guess this is part of this narrative, this myth. Uh, we don't see anything wrong <laughs> in to establish uh, a, a soap opera in a city where the majority of people are black and put no black in this fiction because, well, we, we don't care. So this is, again... This is a reflection about what we have inside. So what we have inside is a history of our country where black people is not understand or as part of this country, as part of people who, uh, who made a lot of effort in order to build this country, if you other people, if you other uh, communists, of course. But so that's why people, for example, the writer, the people who are engaging to build this soap opera, think it's okay. I will put it or not depends on my will. I don't care if you are see yourself or if you didn't see. I don't care. This is a problem because all the information, all the sense they had inside of them, for me, is exactly this kind of history. So we have to change this history to make people think. This is not a, a, a simple thinking, oh, this is my job, I do what I want. Uh, it's just fiction, has no connection with reality. Though this is not the point. This point is why are you doing that? Why? What do you mean when you put a, a, a family and colleagues and, and, and a lot of people living in a place that you know that is real, that has a social uh, history, and you put completely different situation, completely different people, completely different uh, contact? What do you mean by that? What do you want to teach people? Because we know that we live in a country where people do not read. People do not have opportunity to, to read, to go to a theater, to, to make a, a, a rich life in terms of culture. So, uh, in general, uh, for bad thing, people depend a lot on TV. We still depend a lot on TV. So TV has something related to education or should be worry about education. So this is a bad education because many, 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 many people will see this and will think, well, this is, yeah, this is okay. And the worst, even if they think their unconscious will understand that it's okay. So it's okay uh, if I do not put any black in a fiction, even if that fiction was established in a city where the blacks are majority of people. One thing that strikes me and that I find interesting is that in Brazil, when you have census, uh, race is self-determination. Uh, so it's you who tell the guy doing the survey if you're black, you're white, you're Asian. And uh, I have the numbers here right in front of me. In 1940, 63% of Brazilians considered themselves as white. This has changed over the years. In 2010, the last census, 45% said they were white, and 54% uh, said they were either black or mixed race, which is the largest number ever. What does that tell you? Like uh, The fact that more people are seeing themselves as, as mixed race. 
Well, this change for me is related to the, the period when we start to, to establish policies at the end of uh, uh, the last century. So we started in 2001, at the end of 1990s, we start to, to discuss more about what kind of uh, country we are. After that, we, we start to see a little change between in, in every uh, statistic that IBGE was doing, we start to see the difference. So uh, at this time, people start to ask, well, am I black or am I white? But before, 20 years, 10 years ago, people don't ask this kind of questions. Because everyone wants to be white, of course, because white is the color of success, is the color of opportunity, who opened the doors. Why should want to be a black? Mm -hmm. To be at the end of the file, the first to receive the violence. So, but now we are changing because, of course, this is also, in my opinion, related to uh, uh, globalization. We, we, it is possible to see connection between that. But in Brazil, exactly, it, it's possible to ask why we didn't have this kind of movement in seventies, for example. After yes. the 68 revolution, when people started to think, well, we're going to uh, construct a new society where everybody is going to be treated equally. Uh, after uh, uh, Martin Luther King in 68 in the United States, for example, uh, after Mandela in 1994. Why we didn't start it in Brazil? In my opinion, because we didn't have first media. We didn't have internet, we didn't have web to make this kind of information available for most of people. And we didn't have critical mass because we weren't at university. We weren't in, in higher education. We weren't in high position in order to make this kind of information available for other black people community. So we are talking about among few peoples. So we have we haven't the opportunity to make this kind of discussion more available to a large part of community and of course and now we are we are seeing it, uh, even the, the the success of a, a policy in other countries for example in latin america if you see this kind of a discussion for example with native people mm -hmm. it's possible to make connections between what we are living in brazil relating to black people and what native people are trying to do in latin america for example mm -hmm. talking about how you see yourself uh for me one of the weirdest moments in my life uh, at one point I, I did an exchange program in the united states and i had to fill a form for social security and um in brazil uh for me it was clear that uh, i was a white person but then when i got the form and i saw all these boxes i i, I didn't know what to check and I, I asked the the woman in the in the booth like oh, what 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 should I check? She looked at me like I was kidding like yeah, you're Hispanic, uh, but uh, it, it's interesting to see how uh, this is more of a social construction than uh, rather than a clear cut uh, issue because for me in Brazil since I'm considered white and like you said people tend to see themselves as white as uh, as possible and uh, for me it was. Uh, was a very weird uh, moment at this point, especially because our relationship with Latin America is different. We are not that culturally close to them, so it's harder to identify uh, yourself with that. Uh, one thing that I wanted to ask you is, Seu Jorge, the singer, doing the documentary about Cidade de Deus, the City of God, the movie, he said, well, LGBT agenda has advanced, women's agenda has advanced, but black agenda has not. Do you agree with that statement? 
I guess it depends on what you mean by uh, advancement. Because, for example, when we compare uh, the number of black people in school, in high school, 30 years ago and now, of course, they have improved. A little, but we improved. One is better than zero. <laughs> for me, one is better than zero. But, of course, it's not enough. Uh, when we look, for example, in high school situation, when I, I started my grad, for example, and look now, I, was, I have no more than two or three colleagues, black as me, in my whole graduation. Now I see my students in university, I see many of them. So this is uh, something important to establish. Uh, when I look, for example, uh, sometimes I, I, I go to Brasilia and I see black people in some positions. Of course, it's few positions, but 20 years ago, there's no black in this kind of position. Mm -hmm. We had a, a minister, a, a woman, black woman in Brazil, at, uh, the government of Dilma Rousseff, for example. We never had this kind of possibility for a black woman in Brazil. So, in my opinion, we improved a little. But the question is, why we feel that we, if we had an improvement? Because the, the, the distance is so large. But again, one is better than zero. So when I look, for example, to my grand, to my grandparents, the situation, my, my grand, for example, has no opportunity, never, never went to school. Mm -hmm. Died with 63 years old. Never. He, he, he was born in 1917, the Russian Revolution. So how many black people today may see this kind of a sentence, I never stop it at a, a school? Fortunately, uh, the minority of them. So we, we have improved, but the, the problem is that the distance is so large. Then we have the sensation that we never, uh, that we never going to accomplish this kind of a balance that we're looking for. But uh, I, I'm optimistic in this way because when I see the numbers, when I see the situation, especially when I see the feeling that people are uh, building inside themselves, uh, I see hopeful. Because for me, when I compare, for example. 20 years ago, and now we see the, the proud the black people, especially the new generation, have to be black, for example. Of course we had the, this kind of pride, but we have no opportunity to express. Now you can express, and you have the, the internet, the web, you have a, a not, another uh, very special tools in order to establish communication, including with black people outside Brazil. So I, I guess we have more opportunities and more possibility to communicate and to make things, and even to think that you have more opportunity than in fact that you have. And uh, in terms of political representation, because black people are still underrepresented in Congress or state at the state level, and yet there are some initiatives that are starting to pop up. In Rio, there was uh, this party, Frente Favela Brasil, which is self-proclaimed the first black political party in Brazil, uh, they will not uh, be in the 2018 election because the rules to join the, the, the party system are very strict. They couldn't make it into t in time. But their candidates will be uh, within other parties. How do you see this movement and how do you see these actions to claim spaces of power and representation for black people in Brazil? I guess it's very important. Uh, in fact, we have a black party in Sao Paulo in the 1930s, uh, Frente Negra. So uh, when Getulio Vargas established the, the, his government, they stopped the, the, the activity at that time. But we have Frente Negra in the 1930s, especially in Sao Paulo. And they include influencing uh, black people in the United States. 
many black people in the United States came to Brazil at that time to 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 know and to learn the strategy and how to make things uh, uh, in a country where you are the 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 the, the goal for violence. <laughs> it is a, a metaphor. It's not exactly a metaphor. But uh, I, I guess we'll see the consequence and the fruit of this kind of uh, uh, attempts in 20 years. But it's, 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 I'm sure it's completely important that people start to make it, this kind of question. Okay, politicians are not good, but okay, if you feel yourself uh, as good enough and you are uh, delighted to make some things in order to, to help other people, why not? And if you believe that you can help other people, and if you want to work for your community, I think it's very important. But I, I, I guess we're going to wait for 10 or 20 years to see the consequence of that. But we have to make the first stop it. So we have to step it in the first and then the second. So step by step, we're going to make a, something different. But I guess more than that, we need to rebuild what we call politics. <laughs> Because it's not only the, the, to put black people in this system. We have to change the system. It's not a system made in order to make uh, the things that the Brazilian people would like and the Brazilian people need. And do you see uh, in the candidates that will run this year for president or for governors, I don't know, someone who is bringing that platform forward? No, I... I I didn't see yet any special name. I, I, I am just see overall the, the candidates for especially our Senate and, and our chamber. But uh, in Sao Paulo, we, have, we had uh, three or four candidates in the last uh, uh, election, but they didn't get the position. But I think the most important is the seed. They are showing to other black people that it's possible. Even if you didn't get a position, uh, the majority position, I think the most important is to show to the new generation that it's possible. You should dream and you should make things in order to accomplish what you wanted. It doesn't matter if you want to be a doctor, a professor, a university, if you want to be a politician. If you want it, it's possible because I do it, so you can do it again. Thank you very much, Professor. We're unfortunately out of time, but uh, we could have stayed for hours talking about this. Uh, thank you very much for being here. Thank you. And a special thanks to our listeners. If you like the Brazilian Report, please check our website. It's Brazilian.report. Or follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at Brazilian Report. That's all for this week. Thank you very much. See you next week. São quase todos pretos. Ou quase pretos. Ou quase brancos, quase pretos de tão pobres. E pobres são como podres. Todos sabem como se tratam os pretos.